Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Planner Podcast. I'm Pete Mitchell. And I'm Peyton Jones. Has it been that long that we don't even know how to start our own podcast? Yeah, pretty much. Is there like a delay? I mean, the world's falling apart, Pete. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, there is. It's that Facebook Live stuff. It's a streaming. It probably is the Facebook Live stuff because and I'm using a wireless internet because I'm on a different computer. Yeah, me too. So who knows? It's the end yeah. of the world, man. This is like as primitive as Robinson Caruso. Caruso. By the way, why are you trying to look like a Sith Lord right now? Because it's cold. I'm in my office. I'm writing. I'm on this textbook project. Oh I'm my gosh! With, Can we please hear I'm about the fiddling, textbook? Fiddling with the textbook as Rome burns. Yeah. Yeah. World's falling apart, and I'm writing a textbook. The Republic is dead. Typical. As I've been saying all day long on Facebook. In fact, my wife just came home. I was telling Peyton. Insert political rant here. Oh, dude, dude. I, I was telling Peyton right before we started the podcast that uh, my mom has been texting me and my wife, and I don't think she was expecting the response from me that she was getting. <laughs> so... Because I'm like, first of all, I think everything that's going on right now is illegal, unconstitutional, uh, a trial run for some evilness that they're going to be doing later. Um, I'm not, I am not. The opinions expressed by Pete Mitchell on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this podcast. I'm trying to read myself in so hard right now. (laughs) And I'm like going off, like back and forth, my mom via text and my wife, she just comes home from the park. And she looks at me and she goes, yeah, I've been getting a pretty good chuckle out of your, uh, 
have your text with your mom. I'm like, don't poke the bear today. Don't poke the bear today. Everybody's obviously a bit on, on edge. And, uh, you know, our, our whole reason, you know, Pete and I aren't here to do a, a full length podcast by any means. Um, obviously like we put the, the podcast on hold, uh, for, you know, easily a month doesn't have to do with the coronavirus. And Pete reached out today and he's like, Hey, we should probably really let our listeners know why we're not broadcasting. Cause they're going to think we died. Right. right. Which would be a terrible uh, rumor and cool at the same time. Could sell a bunch of albums, uh, like the Beatles when Paul McCartney was supposedly I dead. I wonder he was, if anyone would care if we died. Like, nobody that's really would care. My, my genuine question. My books would take off, though. That'd be great. I would sell tons of books. You think? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, why don't you? Why don't we start? We want to do two things on this podcast. We want to tell you why we're taking a little bit of a of a, uh, a sabbatical for probably about four weeks. Cause if you've been noticing all of a sudden we went from all these uh, podcasts to radio silence, we're going to tell you why we're taking a bit of a sabbatical. The, the podcast is not going away forever. It is just a, a temporary thing. We'll tell you why. And then we also want to take a couple of minutes and just kind of address the coronavirus and how the church is responding to it. And Peyton and I have not, discuss this and i told him i go look i think the church is screwing this up so i don't i mean we may have a difference of opinion and it, it, who knows where this thing is going to go and right, i gotta right. be honest i'm a little bit upset with some pastors right now so we don't know where each other stands on any of that but Peyton, why don't you tell them why we're taking the sabbatical first and we'll get into the other well it's my fault so basically i mean i'm i'm in crunch time with this textbook so that's one of the reasons it's going to be very short. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in crunch time with the textbook. I, I'm at the very end. So like I had uh, Don Stoner, you know, in helping yesterday with the, the bibliography at Beaumont helping with the index. I'm at that time now. And I'm considering like maybe even getting editorial help to help with mm-hmm. the, the, the textbook just because it, it, I change it all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm like Jeff Buckley trying to nail down tracks for an album. Um, they, they couldn't nail them down. And then I, I literally revamped my chapters again over the weekend, like an idiot, like a, a month before the manuscript comes out. So, or I have to hand it in. So, oh, the other thing is I'm like, my brain is cooked. Like I'm gone. Like my, I, I'm trying, someone asked me yesterday, so what do you think about all this stuff? And to, to be honest, this is disappointing for you guys, but I'm like, I don't, I, I have no mental margin right now to even process. I'm, I'm literally showing up to this thing like, okay, I'll deal with you later. I, I'm just focused on this manuscript from 6 a.m. to whenever I go to bed. Why don't you tell them for the, the new guy who's joining in who has no idea what your manuscript's about? Tell them what your manuscript's about. It's about church planning, and it's about a 1,000 pages. It's a textbook on <laughs> church planning, right? It's, it's like a, a textbook how-to. on church planning. It's huge. Yeah. So what, what a lot of you guys don't realize is when I submitted Church Zero all these years ago, it was part of a greater textbook that um, later became parts of Jump School. Not all of it, but um, I had planned and reaching the unreached. Like I had like a manifesto on church planning that I had written um, primarily to, to train planners. That's what I did, you know, before I left Wales. It was weird. I was with a guy named Di Hanke. And we, that's where jump school originally started. And we were training back then. And, um, so when I got back to America, I was like, I'm writing all this stuff down 
And um, so I'm still doing that, you know, still, uh, but, but so much of this is new content that if it, if it were as simple as just taking everything I'd written over the last 10 years and binding it, that would have been rad, you know, job done. But for the last like five, six months, all I've done is make what I had better or write completely new content. Yeah. So I'm, I'm at the end now. So if you're coming on new to the pie, Oh, by the way, couple, couple things, let's do some house cleaning at the same time. Um, I had someone reach out to me for hardcore this week and ask me, Hey, are you still in the podcasting world? Let me kind of tell you what's going on with me. Number one, um, hardcore, uh, took a break. Um, and what we decided Pete and I was, we would start bringing interviews on here. So if you go back to our last few episodes, we're doing interviews. I also started another podcast with my wife and Barry Waters that we make fun of Barry all the time on this podcast. Um, but he was one of my church planning partners over there, came over as my intern a few years ago, married Ruben's sister, um, and then went back to Wales and they're getting ready to plant another church. So, uh, in a coffee house. So he had done that before he's getting ready to do it again. And, uh, so I do a podcast, not on church planning. It's called ministry ninja. We talk over everything. We talked religion and politics. We talked over, um, we did talk the coronavirus. Um, and now that's on hold for a month. Uh, and then just because I got to do this, you know, the, the textbook. So, um, but other than that, the and if you one other get goodness from Pete Mitchell, which is really the reason people listen to the church planner podcast. I mean, let's face it. It's, it's for Pete. Uh, Literally just launched the other day, the Thriving Christian Business Podcast. I do it with Dave Negri. We've got the first three episodes on there. Uh, by the way, or maybe four, I don't remember exactly. I know we just recorded the fifth. But the third episode was strangely prophetic in that it's called The Economy, Your Economy, God's Economy. And we really talk about the differences between all three of those. And, and that's, you know, a primary thing of what's going on right now. And then the episode we actually just recorded yesterday, which is going to air next Monday, I believe, uh, is all about, well, it's the craziness of the coronavirus and how it's affecting business and what you need to do as a Christian business owner that is affected by coronavirus. And then another podcast I do with a church planner in Ohio, I do it with Dan Sams. It's called From Concealment. It's all about guns, ammo, craziness, and it's probably one of my funnest podcasts. In fact, I think we're going to rename it the Tinfoil Hat Podcast because Dan Sams is just a character, to say the least. And uh, we actually just recorded yesterday an episode on what we think are some of the, uh, the darker underlying things going on with the coronavirus with our government, and that one's airing next Monday. So those are two that you might want to check out. Uh, during our, our brief sabbatical from the Church Planner Podcast, and it is brief because we are coming back. We're not hanging up the Church Planner Podcast. We are absolutely coming back. Uh, but those are two that you can check out in the meantime. Thriving Christian Business Podcast and From Concealment. From Concealment, you just might have fun with it because it's not really about God, church planning. It's just we got a pastor in it and we got me in it. So we always kind of take that, that road um, which will be interesting too to see how God uses that because of some of the people who've reached out to me, you know, after hearing. Because Dan Sam's like you, Peyton, you can't turn it off, right? I mean, he's a Jesus lover, 
I don't mean like I can turn it off, but I mean like he's he's going to share the gospel every chance he gets, and he takes advantage of that on the podcast as well, which is which is actually kind of awesome. So yeah, and you know one one other thing is there's one other podcast that I started doing, which is um, exponential reproducing churches podcast that has been interviews with guys that are planting out, um, multiplying. And, you know, we're, it's the top 100 multiplying churches in America. Um, we have literally taken outreach magazines, um, articles, which was done in, uh, partnership with exponential. And so we're doing the podcast for that. And I host that. And so I get to interview, I, I got to be honest, like every center, every single interview for that has been phenomenal. If you've not checked that out, it's the Exponential Reproducing Churches podcast. And so it's not like I haven't been podcasting, but I, I did some of them in advance. So anticipating that this last month would be like just run around with my hair on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just to let you guys know what's going on with the podcast and we will be back you know, three, four weeks, um, somewhere around that, that time frame, And, uh, so the church planner podcast is on sabbatical. It is our seven years. So it's our seven, it's year, our seven year birthday. It's yeah. crazy. So it's, it's fitting that we take a sabbatical. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, so we're not going away. We're just, we're, we're taking sabbatical and then we'll be back. And we've got plenty of other resources that, that you can take advantage of in the meantime. So Peyton, let's get into it. Cause I know you don't have much time I got about 10 minutes and then I got to shoot your, your thoughts on uh, the church and coronavirus. And let me know what you're thinking. So a couple things, um, and I'll make this kind of quick. So I think that the, the, the pastors have scrambled to get online. It has to be kind of raising a very disturbing question. And that is, why would people come back once we go this mm-hmm. route and people aren't able to join us? And now they're watching the show. If you watch the um, broadcasts of mega churches, you know, I, I tuned into a couple of them on Sunday. There was about 40 people in churches of thousands online watching, which tells me people are saying, you know what? I don't really, I don't really, I don't really need to watch the show. You know, I'm going to, I'm off with my family. I'm going to go do something else. And I would imagine that, you know, if we talk about redundancy in corporations, the church is being made redundant. And this is part of what I was saying in Church Zero. Cha-ching! Back in the beginning of Church Zero, about 10 years ago, I wrote that pretty soon people are going to figure out that they might as well just stay home on a Sunday because church does not offer them anything that they can't get online. So, you know, I could pick John MacArthur, I could pick, uh, I wouldn't, but I could pick Alistair Begg, I could picture, you know, pick Chuck Smith or whoever the, the, you know, uh, Louis Giglio and listen to whoever in the heck I want on a Sunday and do whatever in the heck, you know, that's where people are. I could put a worship CD on what the church alone can provide, but our churches aren't wired for it is what missional communities tapped into and what you know, with Church Zero, I just said, look, interaction was the game, name of the game in the New Testament. So if your church is not hardwired for interaction, which I would say, you know, is is the spiritual gifts is what I argue biblically that you can't do in a megachurch scenario, standing at the back, staring at the back of someone's head, that this is, everybody's like, this is good for the church. The church, I don't see how, I actually don't see how. Yeah. 
unless what happens is the church, uh, what I think this has done has exposed the weakness that's been there and that this is going to be a tipping point for the church where it, it, the weaknesses is so far exposed. Like this changes everything as far as I'm concerned. I think we will have a drive when people decide to go back to church. And I know this has got pastors shaking in their boots. I think it's going to cause people to ask, well, you know what, during this time on the quarantine and the lockdown, what I couldn't get was fellowship. When I go back to church, that's what I want. I don't want to just watch such and such pastor on stage. I mean, he was doing that the whole time, strangely, rather than in his living room. You know, he was up on stage with all these lights and pyrotechnics whatever that was about. Like you got to have all that behind you to, to simply share the gospel. I mean, I, I just think it's exposing the shenanigans and the craziness that the church has been up to for a while. So I, I can only speak into the, um, the church side of things, as far as the coronavirus, uh, you and I are in different places as far as like, I'm like, Hey, if this is going to stop the spread, and, you know, I have an immunocompromised daughter. My daughter's best friend is immunocompromised. I have friends with HIV. Um, I, you know, it's, it's not just old people that, that, you know, like eating with their lung disease and different things like that. She's a lot more susceptible to pneumonia uh, than the average baron. So I don't personally have a hard time with stopping it as an RN and just saying, we're just going to um, relax, right. you know, and, and chill. Um, it's hard, but uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, my issue with that is actually, um, I, I think if you have that type of situation, then you self-quarantine. I have a yeah, huge absolutely. problem with them trampling <clears throat> on our constitutionally protected God-given rights. Uh, that's where I have a huge issue with it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually read here something from a guy I know. His name is Chris Nicelonger. I knew him from apologetics.com when I was on their board for years. Uh, he's an apologist. He's a pastor. Used to be in here in California. He's moved out to the East Coast to pastor a church out there. Um, he's also uh, got his law degree. I don't know if he's passed the bar or not. I don't know if he's taken the bar. I have no idea. But I know he's, he's literally one of the smartest guys I know. And he wrote this piece on, uh, on Facebook and to me, I was like, this is speaking directly to the heart of the issue. Uh, so he wrote this, we will not cancel the ordained worship service of the church upon the command of the state or any of its angels. The supposed reasonableness of an illegal command is never the primary issue. The issue is the head of state's authority to direct the church upon the justification of public necessity. A directive has been given to the people of God that they not go to church by the governor of the state which is plainly an unconstitutional overreach of state power imposed upon the church, which neither constitution nor regard for the inherent authority and rights of the church. The church is not part of the state. It is not under the authority of the state. It's not subject to the powers of the state. There's a good reason that Madison wrote, Congress shall, not, shall make no law respecting an establishment of a religion or prohibiting the freedoms thereof as a prohibitation of state coercion of the church. Be careful what you establish as a precedent for the expression of state power. Administrations change, and so does what is considered a public necessity. To speak frankly, the church does not have a duty to obey the state, but for in matters of incidental to its work. What occurred in Mississippi is the worst type of infringement. The state, act the state acted to cancel the church services of every church in Mississippi 
by commanding its citizens to not attend church, a directive given under the color of authority. The argument in favor of this exercise of the authority of the state over the church seems to be one that agrees that the state is demanding a wise course of action. But agreement with the reasoning isn't the same as agreeing with authority of the state over the church. It's different than agreeing that the state has the actual authority to make this kind of decision or demand compliance. At the point, you might well be arguing for state church or church as a subsidiary department of the state, something that you most of you loathe ideologically. The worship of God is not a thing to be lightly disregarded, as with basketball games and visits to the bars, California. God takes it very seriously as its purpose is the spiritual well-being of his people, and he at times provides consequences for its avoidance. If one believes that God has ordained his worship at a specific time and place, no force on earth can legitimately counter his intent. This, of course, a matter of Christian conscience and dependent upon one's understanding of God and the Bible, but the exercise of that conscience is protected by the law of the land. As for where and how one could easily perform one's duty to God in a field, in a building, with soft seats, with warm colors, one could not avoid worship in any other way than by a divine command. Still, necessity is also a command, and there's good evidence in the Bible that God allows the sick and contagious, the infirm, for those whom attendance is impossible to stay home. But that is the judgment of the church and not the state. Do you really want the state telling you when you can go to church? The state is God's state. The church is God's church, but the church is not the state's church. There is a delicate separation of balance of powers here, and the state does not have the power or authority greater than the church. That the state has greater authority than the church might be one of the great myths of the American sentiment. The state is distinct and different, but no greater or wiser. In fact, the state is generally the less wise of the two. Given the opportunity, the church will make the best possible decision for the health, safety, and well-being of her members, and the state is afforded neither the authority nor the right to make such decisions. So the argument being made is this, the state can cancel your church service anytime it feels it has a good enough reason. I say no, they can't. So does the Constitution, so does Scripture. With Peter, when commanded not to preach, we say, shall we obey men rather than God? The issue is that they lack the authority to issue any such command, and that they have the authority to tell a Christian when they should and should not go to church is worse than legally false. It's positively heretical. Now, I know that you're saying that you're, I know you're not saying that, you're arguing the reasonableness of the command, but the reasonableness of an illegal command is never the primary issue. And so churches will tell Christians when it's morally acceptable to attend or not attend church, not governors or princes or presidents or kings, we have a, because we have a greater king with whom to contend, and he will uh, broke no rivals. So anyway, that to me, I just speaks volumes because I, as you know, I, I do agree. The state has no authority. Uh, they have no authority to shut down business that they're doing. This is all illegal, all unconstitutional. But I was thinking about this. I'm like, how do you get the church to stop meeting? Well, if you commanded the church and you said, you guys can't meet anymore, Christians would band together and say, no, we can't. So right. what do they do? First of all, we have this scare, and then they ask us, oh, would you please not meet anymore? And by the way, if you do meet, like the mayor of L.A., if you do meet, we're going to shut off your power. 
I mean, there's a, there's a movie I saw years ago. And I don't remember what the name of it was, but I remember the guy was like a Navy SEAL or something. And, um, and he, the, the president wanted to talk to him and he didn't know that the president was, you know, really the bad guy behind it all. And, you know, he had his gun on and so the secret service goes, Hey, we need your gun. And he goes, okay, he gives him his gun. And their line was, how do you get a gun away from a Navy SEAL? You have to ask for it. How do you get the church to not meet? Ah, you just have to ask them to not meet. And that's the danger that I see of what's going on right now, man. I mean, like you talked about, you know, people are going to go, why do I need to go back to that thing? I mean, you know, I could watch it online. And realistically, what do you do when you're watching stuff online? Not really paying attention. You got everything right. else going on. Like this podcast. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that you've said for years, Peyton, there's three reasons that we have church. One is to hear from God. One is to hear from uh, each other. Wait, give, give them to me again. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. To hear from to God. To hear from God. For God to hear from us. There you for go. us to hear from each other. Yeah. And we're not doing that. I mean, we're social no, beings. No, I got you. And, and mm. as much as I hate people, and, and I'm like, dude, I haven't planning for this quarantine my whole life. <laughs> like, I'm prepped up, baby. I got well, food for okay. days. I'm ready. But we're so, social beings. So, uh, you know, uh, to that to that end, one of the, the ways that as we go into this and we're doing a um, online, you can't run an online service when people aren't in the room with 30 minutes of singing and a 30, 40 minute sermon. You need to do snippets. If you're going to if you're going to do an online format, there needs to be like kind of like the old school liturgy, like a reading, you know, a prayer. Uh, a, a five to 10 minute thing on scripture, a song you share, like to keep it moving because when people are watching online, there's a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, think social media, think short attention span. You've got to change your format of communicating. There has to be a different liturgy to use that word. Can't be 30 minutes of singing. If you talk to any pastor that tracked the views, they were lost by the time the sermon came because people got bored. They're not in a room worshiping together. Why would you put 30 minutes of music on? Um, that It's not the same, right? So uh, even the way we're so glued to our structures. But, but speaking into your point, um, I don't, I don't, I agree with what he's saying in principle, but I don't agree with it in this situation. I don't, and, and I really, you know, I realize like we, we have different, different opinions and I'm glad that there's people that that think from that angle and say, hey, you know, what about our rights? And what about, you know, that's always important as an American. I guess the way that I come out of this is, yeah, you can have my gun right now, you know, like metaphorically as a Navy SEAL. You can have my ability to not meet because I know we're meeting again and nothing will stop us from meeting again. And that's the power I hold as a minister but for this, I take a servant position and I say to my, not the state, it's not the state that I'm speaking to. It's actually my society, my fellow man that I turn as the church and say, um, if, if we as an institution are the only institution still meeting when they've closed bars and pubs and restaurants and schools, that stands out to me. If you play that out, that stands out as undermining every sacrifice that everyone else has made. And the church becomes known for refusing to make that sacrifice to serve 
their culture and fellow man. And so for me, I have the power, um, I, but it's meekness. I've decided to submit and bend the neck. Meekness is not weakness. The church is strong. The church will be able to rise up. And the church has always been a threat to the powers in the government. I mean, back in the book of Acts, the persecution, I always try to tell people this. If you read the book of Acts, about five times it says the common people heard them gladly or they grew in the esteem of men. Um, the church got the respect of the people because it was sacrificing, because it was ministering during the famine. But where the church was persecuted, if you notice in the book of Acts, it's only by the authorities and the powers. So we very much know that at a certain point, it could come to a head. And the church, the kingdom of God, is always the greatest threat to the kingdoms of the earth. It's always been that way. It's why communists, um, they always ban the church. First thing they do, we don't believe in God. It's illegal to believe in God. We ban the church. So the church, and, and Colson did this amazing work on this with the overthrow of the Berlin Wall and communism in Eastern Europe in a book called The Body, where he very well documents that the underground church was largely instrumental in overthrowing that. Um, I'm never worried. You know, the civil rights movement shows the power of the church against government. We are a, we are the sleeping giant. And if you wake us, that is a problem. However, at the same time, um, right now, I think we need to take a servant posture with culture and be leading out and sacrifice and saying, we will do this temporarily. We're not laying down our constitutional rights. We're serving our fellow man. And the two are different. Um, we're not doing this for you, government. We're doing this for the people around us and for the witness of Christ, that we will be seen to serve our brothers and sisters uh, outside of the church, you know, in, in hopes of winning them. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, no, I get what your point is. I definitely do. I, um, I just, I think it's one of those things that uh, we got to be careful of. Yeah, we do. And, really and I'm glad someone's watching that because, I mean, that guy, you can't refute any of his points. What he's saying is 100% right. Um, and someone's got to be paying attention to that because when, you know, when and if um, something like that is an issue, you will need you will need that reasoning and argumentation. I just don't know. I just don't know that it fits this particular context. Um, the motive behind it, if that makes sense. I, I see even, you know, Trump who was convinced, Hey, this is a hoax now turning around and saying that we need to do every single thing we can. And so I think people's mind. Well, I, I personally, I, I think that's literally the hysteria. I mean, the stats that they're sharing with us, if their stats are true are not bearing out a reason for the hysteria. Yeah. Do people who are infirmed have a greater risk of dying, absolutely, because they are already infirmed. I mean, they already had a greater risk. I mean, that's that's life. Um, the, the stats well, isn't, aren't isn't it right out. now? Isn't it at ten? Like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, increments of of oh, what? Are you, what's the word I'm looking for? It's exponential to the tenth power. So it's like if it's a hundred cases today in ten days. It goes to um, a thousand, and ten days later from that, it goes to ten thousand, and then ten days later from that, it goes to a hundred thousand. That's so. In thirty days, if we had a hundred cases, we'd be at a hundred thousand cases. 
And so with that kind of spread, exponentials of 10, we're, we're, we're looking or factors that I, I'm not a math guy. I just was talking to Don Stoner. Dude's crazy smart. He was doing the math. He helped invent the compact discs. So, you know, he's a scary science man. And, uh, and he mentioned math and, you know, my, Speaking of which, Pete, no, teasing, that's my that's my signal to get off. <laughs> that would be hilarious. You know, when you're doing all this uh, self isolating, you know, you can't go pick up the offering, Pete. And uh, you know, uh, during that time, it sure is helpful to have someone like SimplifyChurch.com. Wait, wait, who's this? SimplifyChurch.com. Simplifychurch.com. Wow, they'll, they'll do all of your online bookkeeping, Pete. And, it, and I don't even have to go see them? You mean I can do it online? It's all virtual. They provide virtual assistance the whole nine yards feet. That's so awesome. That's in so seven years awesome. in, we're still laughing at our own ads, right? Oh, my gosh. I can't Wondering why no sponsors there. love us. That's the best, man. That's the best ever. Well, hey, guys, thanks for joining us today. We just didn't want to leave you hanging because uh, it's been a couple of weeks. It's going to be like four more weeks till you see us. So I guess total is going to be like six weeks, right? And uh, and Pete was just very concerned about you. I wasn't. You know, I, I read one of our reviews last week and I was dying because a guy goes, you never know what these guys are going to say. And he puts in parentheses, especially Peyton. And I'm thinking, how did we get here? You know, how did this change? Because this was always like, you never know what Pete's going to say on this thing, you know, but that, uh, that makes me smile. Maybe he doesn't recognize our voices and that could be it. That could, that has to be because, you know, everyone's so I have to get on the phone with your parents and tell them I'm looking after him, you know, which is like legit. Honestly, I see his parents at least once a year. And I have to tell them that, you know, I'm, I'll, keep, I'll keep looking after Yeah, him. they keep saying to me, we're so grateful that you're friends with Peyton. <laughs> I'm like, eh, I'll always be that kid. I know. It, you know, I, I'm, always, I'm always Wally, never, never Eddie Haskell. I don't, I don't know what happened, you know. But uh, somehow, I'm, I'm, I'm the Wally Cleaver. So That's the way it goes. It is, it is. Well, hey, guys, thanks for joining us today. This has been Peyton and Pete reminding you, if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you need to go where no I can't say that anymore. <laughs> Stay in your house. Don't go anywhere. Self-quarantine. And uh, 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 that's it. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back in like four weeks. Talk to you then. Yeah, Take care, See everybody. you then. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music